Are you an author, poet, comic book creator, or an artist? Do you have a novelette, novella, novel, poetry book, comic book, graphic novel, or art books that you thought about publishing, but you don't have the cash to self-publish? Well, this is your lucky day. Announcing Dark Myth Publications' second annual Open Contract Challenge. Currently, we are accepting submissions for round one, the pitch. No matter what type of book you have, send the judges your pitch by 11.59 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, April 30th. So what do you get if you win? I'm glad you asked. Third place winner will receive a $50 Visa gift card. Second place winner or the runner-up will receive an ebook contract for publication through one of Dark Myth's brands, plus a $100 Visa gift card. Grand prize winner will receive a contract for an ebook and a print publication through the Dark Myth Publication Division, a full distribution market circulation for a year. Also, you'll receive a $200 Visa gift card. Cool, right? But we're not done yet. As the winner, you will also receive a round-trip airfare and hotel accommodations to California to be part of the second annual Jayzoman Pop Culture Expo for the signing of the book in 2021. And now that I have your attention, go to www.opencontractchallenge.com and enter to win. And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Myth Bits. You made an excellent choice. The World of Myth Bits. Hey everybody, and welcome to the World of Misfits. I am your host, Stephanie Barty, and this is episode 73, and it is Magazine Review Week. Okay, before we dive right in, um, I do want to apologize for it not coming out on Monday. Um, I have had, I'm sure you've seen my post on Facebook, a very good friend of mine, her husband, who's been fighting cancer for a while, passed away on Friday, and I found out yesterday, and with this whole quarantine and everything, I can't be with her and comfort her, which is my nature, to be there and hug her and, and to do the things, and I can't be there to do the things. So I was not in the right headspace yesterday to give the attention and the justice that Magazine Review deserves. So, that being said, I'm sure a lot of you are out there fighting your own demons and struggling with being isolated in your homes. And um, some of you are, are isolated alone, so you don't have anybody to talk to unless it's Facebook or FaceTime or whatever. Um, still not in a great headspace. So I brought a friend. I did my, you know, let's be a millionaire, and I phoned a friend. <laughs> so we're going to dive into housekeeping, and my I can't really say he's a special guest anymore because he shows up on my podcast more and more lately. Uh, Dave, what do we got in housekeeping? Say hi, Dave. You got a friend in me. <laughs> you got a friend in me. <laughs> And it's so good that we don't have sponsors right now because we would be in trouble for so many copyright infringements. I know, for real. Well, thank you. Um, I hope you're doing well. And hi, boys and girls. 
alles ist wieder da. We've got uh, a couple things on the burner for this week's uh, housekeeping. Our, of course, our biggest thing is is uh, OCC. OCC, you and me, homie. And not Orange County Choppers. <laughs> uh, open contract challenge. Uh, and I have to kind of correct something because there's, there's kind of this um, misinterpretation of what's going around. This is not a writing contest. This is a publishing contest. Uh, a writing contest would be strictly to writers, authors, but this is open to anybody that feels that they can produce something in a paperback or digital form. So the, it's uh, a writer, author, poet, uh, an artist, a comic book writer, a comic book artist, anything that can be translated into print, either it be physical or digital, that's who it is open to. Yes. Okay, I do have one question so that we can clarify. Yes. Is it open to photographers? Yeah. Yes. Okay, good. Because I wanted to know that. Because you can, you, there is photography books. Specifically. It says a thousand words. Yes. And again, as long as it can be put into a book form, it is welcome. Uh, number two, I am not judging at all. Uh, any of it. At, at this point, uh, we, we're setting together, uh, lining up the different uh, stages of judging. Each stage has a different judge. Each judge don't know who they're judging with. And We've already confirmed that the main judge at the end of the day will be, uh, Melissa, uh, Melissa Ridley Elms. Elms. Yeah, sorry, I, I had a brain fart there. <laughs> this is why we're tag teaming, because neither one of us have half a brain today. Yeah, really. It's all the carbs I've been taking. And she will be doing the, the final, she, she's gonna pick the winner. And that is something that is going to set in tradition. And each year, the previous winner is going to name the future winner, if that makes any sense. So start bribing her now. Yes. <laughs> uh, and Not that it'll have any influence. And the, the worst case scenario for you that is listening right now, and you're like, well, maybe, what if, possibly, just do it. Win, lose, or fail. If you don't do it, you don't know. So go to www.opencontractchallenge.com, click on submissions, put in your name, your email address, and give us your best pitch of what you want printed, what's your dream, what's your goal. Hit enter. Then you've got to do that little, uh, oh, what are they called? Capture. Yeah, those things, the pains in the butts. C-A-P-T-C-H-A. Yeah, most likely the typical one is like uh, the the street light one. Um, street lights or crosswalks. Yeah. Sometimes you have to do both. So then you hit enter and it goes off. We've got a big section. We've, we've more than doubled our our submissions from last year to now. 
but we're going to keep it open until 11.59 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, because we're, I'm in California, uh, April 30th. And just do it. I mean, what do you got to lose? You've, you're getting cash. You're getting a book. You're getting a plane ticket. You're getting a hotel room. You get to hang out with me. You get to hang out with Steph. Yeah, I know. That's that's not a draw, but anyway. So, www.opencontractchallenge.com. Do it. Do it. Now, the second one, the reason I'm motivated to do this, and anybody that knows me knows, I, I can promote anybody who has talent. That's just something that I have the ability to do. I have ability to lift people up and, and promote them and, and get them motivated and get their career started. Um, the host of this show could probably attest to that. I am sorry. I'm fighting with the cat for the house coat. Uh, at the uh, moment, I'm losing. But yes, he he is great at promoting and great at. I mean, you're really, really good at boosting a person's mood when they're having a writer's block or they're down or they think what they're writing is crap. <laughs> because I've sent you a lot of stuff that I have thought is crap, and you've read it and made me think about it again and look at it again, and it wasn't crap. It just needed some work. Yeah, absolutely. But for me, it's it's extremely difficult to pr- promote myself. So that's why... I don't. You don't see a lot of me. I mean, there's just real reality is is that I'm a writer. I'm an artist. I'm a poet. I I do all everything. I do it too. So dude it, can write and he can draw. So I've been privileged hurt. enough to. <laughs> I'll stop interrupting you. <laughs> Carry on. So it was it was kind of difficult for me to do this, but I feel like. People need entertainment, and it almost felt like, and I think I actually said this to you, Steph, is that it, it felt like a duty as someone who produces content of entertainment, and I could go into a whole long spiel about, you know, duties, and, and we used to work in the medical field and all that, that's a whole other story, but my duty during this whole COVID-19 thing is, is to entertain the people that want to be entertained, so... Interestingly enough, I created a story back in 2004 about a super flu hitting mankind. And it is a long story. I could actually turn it into like a novel. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you one day. One day. (laughs) Uh, Well, because I'm going to be giving everybody the first two stories. I'm going to give them story one and story two. I have story three. No one's ever read story three. So for the next 34 days, counting, well, Monday as we're recording, uh, every single day there is going to be a brand new piece of uh, what is called The Inn. And you can find it on our social media only, whether it be Facebook or Twitter. And that's the only way you're going to find it. You're not going to find it on the magazine itself because this is just an exclusive. And if you want to kind of tag along and, and not think about anything for a while, just for a couple minutes, at, even at that, just 
go to facebook.com slash the world of myth magazine or uh, twitter.com slash the world of myth. And you'll see it. It's a big old creepy cover. It's red. It's, it's yeah. It's one so of my it's favorites. The end. It's actually, it's, I've read, I've read it. And it's, it's really, really good. It's scarily eerie to what's going on right now. And the fact that you wrote it in 2004 is really freaky. Um, <laughs> but it's a really, it's, it's a really, really, really good story. I really enjoyed it. Um, and I highly recommend it. And I will be sharing it as soon as it gets posted. I will be sharing it on my wall and sharing it on my Twitter and sharing it to the world. Well, at least my little corner of the world. And it's greatly appreciated. And anybody that comes in, again, it, it's not, I'm not selling it. It's totally free. It's just something to take everybody's mind off the real madness that we're all experiencing right now. So that's what that is. Then my Yay! last... <laughs> I think that lag is what's playing in the... I th- because everybody yeah. in the world is on the internet right now, so... The oh, internet... yeah. Most of us are scrolling TikTok. <laughs> I know Zoe is. <laughs> I'll admit it, I'm addicted. Uh, you think? <laughs> the only reason why I'm not on TikTok right now is because we're using my phone to record this. It's true. Because for some reason I haven't downloaded some app. I don't know. And then my final bit of housekeeping is that I'm starting this Friday. We are bringing back Did You Know? Which Yay! Which kind of gives us a little insight into the history of the world of myth. A lot of people that are new, I mean, because we're constantly getting new people coming in all the time, they don't realize. Yeah. They don't realize that come this September, we've been around for 16 years. Mm -hmm. And we have stories to tell, and no pun intended there. And, uh. Oh, go for the pun. Go for the pun. It's it's a, a fun little snapshot into the past, and so it was well received last time. And I just got sidetracked, you know, with PCE and everything, and almost losing my mind. It was uh, it was put on the back burner, but now that things are kind of realigned, we're going to bring it back up. So again, yeah. that that is a Facebook and Twitter exclusive. So. If you have not followed us on Facebook or Twitter, uh, go there. Check us out. We offer special content. And all I have to say about September's 16th year anniversary is, thank God it's not the 15th year again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. This this time around, it's just going to be a regular uh, regular magazine issue. That was huge. And if you're new to the magazine, um, if you go to back issues, you can see our 15th anniversary issue. It uh-huh. was huge. And it hasn't, I mean, it's, it's shrunk some since that issue, but it stayed, it's, it has stayed a decent size since then. I don't even remember how many days it took me to, because of course I, I do all the time. Well, we took August off. We didn't put out a magazine in August. Yes. In order, because 
September's came out the beginning of September on the actual anniversary date. Yes. Which I think was the 6th. Uh-huh. Yes! I remembered! <laughs> Yay me! I remembered! Um, you'd think it would be burned into my brain. And I think for like three weeks before that was released, we were like every day, three, four hours a day. You were coding and I was editing. Yes. Also, um, speaking of coding and, and jumping back to the open contract challenge, there was a comment made about the security of the website. Um, I do all of our websites. All of them. Every single one of them I hand code. And I code with HTML through the HTTP. I don't use an HTTPS server. I use an HTTP server. So there's really nothing that you are submitting that needs to be secure. I mean, I'm not asking for any social security numbers or bank numbers or anything like that. So and we will not steal your ideas. No, we won't. I mean, again, well, the darkness portion of the Jaselmon Darkness Company, the darkness has been around come 2022 for 30 years. I think we have a, a safe, you know, history of being legitimate in what we do and never having an issue with, uh, well, that's not true. We, we but, had one. Go ahead. To somebody who's never submitted, who hasn't really heard of us and sees the contest, it was a valid concern. Oh, it was. Absolutely. I'm not, and, I'm not, not and I, I, I addressed it and spoke to the gentleman and he felt much better about it that there were no fish sticks. <laughs> <laughs> and actually a few other people, um, a few other of our contributors actually did comment as well and say, you know, it's all up and up. This is all real. This is not, you know, I'm going to contest to steal your ideas. I'm going to pull back the curtain for a minute. Do you know what the difference is between HTTP and HTTPS? A letter. And money. I don't know. You do the coding. <laughs> yeah. I can go to, right now, I could go to our server pay, I want to say $60, I think. I could be wrong. It might be more, it might be less. But I could pay $60, and then, boom, it's secure. That's how a website is secure, is you pay more money to it. That's it. Yeah. There's no there's no real now, change to it. I know there's going to be some people, some of our listeners out there going, well, why don't you just pay it? What you need to understand is every Everything from the web hosting to the bandwidth for the um, magazine and the podcasting, the server, all of that comes out of Dave's pocket, out of his personal pocket. We don't have sponsors yet. We don't have income. We don't charge to listen to the podcasts. We don't charge to read the magazine. All of our, our staff, our volunteers, thank you. You all are amazing and we love you. Um, so everything that, every cost for this comes out of Dave's pocket. Yes. So. Everything, I mean, and it's just everything. It doesn't matter if it's the World of Myth or Open Contract Challenge or Jaysville Modcast or PCE or the wrestling or whatever. It's true. I, I pay for it out of pocket. 
So that $60 when it's coming out of your own pocket and you have a household to run could be bread and milk and eggs and water and, you know, other things. <laughs> so just just so that our listeners are aware that you're not doing it because you're cheap. Right. It's coming out of your pocket. It's because I have to pay 400 and something dollars for my car insurance <laughs> because of the... That you can't the drive. <laughs> yeah. Because of the COVID-19 <laughs> epidemic, they feel like they you have, have to, to pay up your insurance. You have to pay more to have your car sit in your driveway now. Yeah. Hey, it's still, it's been on a half a tank for like three weeks now. It's because cool. you're only allowed to go to the grocery store and back. Yeah. So how about you? Do you have any uh, housekeeping that you want to take care of? Oh, I have tons. I'm just ignoring it. Oh, oh, you mean with the magazine? I thought yeah. you meant the house. Because <laughs> my house? I have tons. Um, but I'm getting TikTok famous, so it's sitting there. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, do I have any... Ah. <sighs> Trying to think. We're already getting submissions in for our April issue. Thank you to those who have submitted early. Um, we actually got submissions the day after this one, came, this issue came out. I got like a ton of submissions. So, uh, if you want to get in on April's, get your submissions in early and. Please, if you are a new contributor and you don't have a contributor's page, you've never sent us anything, please put your author bio and your author photo into a separate document and attach it to the email like you would your story, poem, or art piece. And the blah, blah, blah. Submission guidelines will be updated to reflect that. I just haven't rewritten it yet. So, yeah. Get your stuff in. Early is good, because closer we get to deadline, um, we've only ever had to cut off submissions once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I called her. I said, I think, no, we're done. I think at that point... We had like forty submissions for the magazine. Now, I don't think I don't think a lot of our readers um, understand the dynamics of how it works. I am the editor in chief, right. but I am the only editor. Just me, little old me. I go through every single story, every single drabble, flash fiction. Poetry, everything. I'm the only one that does that. Are you hinting at something? I'm, what? I said, no. are you hinting? No, 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 I'm not, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, teasing. I'm, I'm teasing, I'm teasing. And then once I'm done with it, I send it to Dave. And Dave is the only one that does all of the coding. And he has to code every single drabble and flash fiction and poem and story and piece of artwork. And, the new bios and the new photos create new pages for our new contributors. So when it starts get which is why our magazine isn't as huge with a ton of stories like some of the other ones 
we don't have a cut and paste template that we no. use. Nope. And we don't have a staff of three or four or five people that edit two or three stories and send them in. We have two. It's always <laughs> it's always been about the promotion of and new not, people, you know, and yes. it's it's never it was never really meant to be as big as it is now. Um which is absolutely mind blowing, but again, it was just the the way that it was drafted. It was it was it was perfect because I think when we started back in two thousand four, maybe four or five stories per issue, and that was like say four stories per issue, four pieces of poetry. And it's always been at least four pieces of, of art. So it wasn't that much for Terry to edit, and it wasn't that much for me to code. But, you know, jump almost 16 years into the future, and we're getting... Four stories time. per category. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we've added categories. Yeah, so there we go. But we have a plan now. Oh? As I get them, I edit them, I send them to you, you code them. You've already built the framework for next month. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I actually started framework for following month, too. Oh, there you go. See, we're trying to... It'll never happen, but we're trying to streamline this so we're not down to, like, the final hour every month. Going, our, doing our final walkthrough, which we do every month. We do a final walkthrough, and right. yes, I know some of the funky symbols, and sometimes things get missed. But we're human, and usually the final walkthrough happens at like eleven o'clock Dave's time, two a.m. my time. Yeah, <laughs> it's like okay, we've got one hour. We've got to do this. Um. So we're trying to prevent that with changing the way we do things. Not changing the way the magazine looks, not changing the way things are submitted, just changing the way things are done behind the curtain, as you said earlier. Yes. Because apparently this is our circus and these are our monkeys. Yeah, no. But yours mine fly. Cool. That's what I'm about to say. Yours is cool, though. Yours is fly. <laughs> mine is handled that. <laughs> okay, so this is actually magazine review, and we haven't really done much review. We've talked about the magazine. Well, we're we're later, but um, we have a little treat for you this week uh, because I was not in the right headspace. Dave took it upon himself um, that he was going to do the magazine review for me. So. He refreshed himself on all the stories and everything, and he was going to do the podcast for me so that it still went out. But? <laughs> but then he came up with this idea to kind of drag me out of this dark hole that I've been dwelling in. And we decided, he decided actually, because I don't think I had quite an option to say no. Not really. Um. No. <laughs> that we are going to do the review together. We are going to review each piece together. Yes. Now, if 
you guys enjoy the two of us doing this, let us know, and we will do it again next month. Because now you're going to get two different perspectives. You're going to get two different views of the same story. So, are you ready? I is. I'm ready. Let's do this. Are you ready for this? Sorry, it's breaking out into Space Jam. <laughs> okay, so, we always start with, if I can find my mouse, Drottles and Flash. Because I always start at the top of the list and I work my way down. So, oh, first of all, first of all, I want to say congratulations to James Rumpel for getting featured article for his um, story, The Fifth Horseman, and I will explain to you why he got featured article when we get to there. I also want to congratulate uh, Matt Lucas for winning, winning, winning. <laughs> Blah, let me try that again. Look, it is now my podcast. I have finally verbally screwed up because it only took me 20 minutes to do so. Or more. Oh, it's taken me more than 20 minutes. Um, for, I do believe it was part one of Neo Exodus. Yes, excellent story. So, Pat Lucas, congratulations. And, okay, that's it. Now we can go to stories. Drabble and Flash, and we are starting with Newcomer, and I say this to every single month, because every single month we have new contributors. If I butcher your last name, I am very, very sorry. I don't mean to. Okay, so this is a Drabble, Mm -hmm. I believe. It is. By newcomer Glenn Bresciani. I probably butchered that because... Or Bernashani. I, I do. Um, now, it was good. It was well written. Uh-huh. Um, made me go, ew! <laughs> it really did. It made me go, ew! It, it definitely was, it, it had a, a bit of a squeamish to it. Um, oh, I, yeah. And I liked that because it, of for it being a drabble and, and being within the 100 word range, that it maintained so much detail and it played with your your imagination and your own creativity in your head to, to lay out this picture that you see perfectly within 100 words. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. I mean... And then, like, when I went back and reread it, like, when I first read it, I'm thinking, pimply-faced teenage boy. Or girl. Um, I have a cousin who's actually, who is actually allergic to the sun. And then when I reread it, I almost got an image of the earth. You know what I mean? Yes. There was a much what, larger picture than what the dance what that we had done here. Yes. The symbolism of the story was much larger than the words that he used. Absolutely. I thought it was well done. Like I said, within the reign of the hundred words, I thought it was really well done. Yeah. Yeah. So, especially the line, they're li- they literally are volcanoes. That's what gave me the earth imagery. 
and it, it brought up images of Pompeii. And that, that volcanic winter where there is no sun, there is no warmth, there is no nothing but ash and dark. <laughs> and everybody has to hide inside. So that's Sunburn by Glenn Bresciani. Terribly sorry if I butchered your last name. Okay. And now, The Hole by David K. Montoya. Oh, <laughs> uh, we don't have to, we don't have to talk about that hack. Yes, we do. Yes, shut up. <laughs> Little dark. Little dark for you. Well, no, never mind. I can't say that because anybody who's read Through the Eyes of Madness, this was not dark for you. <laughs> um, I, I, if it had been longer, if there had been more of a story to it, I would have put it in humor. For the very line, as bait. Just, I mean, that actually, I did literally laugh out loud when I read the last line of it. I, up until then, I'm kind of going, okay, how's this going to play out? And, and, and it's a travel, so it's short. But, that was, like, again, you, you wrapped everything up nicely. Thank you. There was a beginning, a middle, and an end. And, luring his buddy out into the desert into a hole full of beer. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And that was, because I know people who would do that. Like, not lure them, but their buddies out, but would be like, oh, look, it's a hole full of beer. Party. Yay. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, they they, you mind. tell them. Oh, yeah. You tell them. There's, there's like, a, a cooler of beer in the bush. And, they're yelling, I'll be back, as they're jumping over the stream to get to the bush. I know these people. So, yeah, using that as bait, that was great. I, I really enjoyed it. It's the whole buy. Do you want to do you want to talk about it? Tell us your motivations behind it, or um, there there's an uh, ongoing joke, um, you know, because I'm I'm a very quiet person, and uh, people are like you know, what what at what point should I be, I be afraid? And I'm like, well, if we ever are riding in the desert in my jeep and we come to a hole, that's the point of where you'd be afraid. And noted. It, it just came to me one day, you know, because you constantly are are challenging me to to write drabble. Um, so and you are constantly writing them and rubbing them in my face. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, okay. I know this may sound kind of braggy, but I do. I write them very quickly within about a five-minute lapse. You know, I get the image in my head. If there's dialogue, I hear it. I write it down. Boom, done. Send it to you. And that's pretty much it. But my mentor, I like that with poetry. My mentor stressed to me: if it doesn't have a beginning, a middle, and the end, it's not worth writing. So it's it's got to have, even if it's a hundred words, it's still got to be a three act structure. Mm-hmm. So. Yes. Yeah, it was very good. Thank you. All right, moving along to. They had no idea by Gabriella Balcon. Uh, 
I'll let you start this one. You know, I, I like the idea, and I don't know how many people actually know that the legend of St. Patrick is that he exiled, he banished all the snakes from Ireland. And, <clears throat> go ahead. Mm-mm. It's your show, go ahead. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That's a general misconception. The general misconception? They were not literal snakes. Ah. They were non-Christians. Gotcha. Pagans and heathens. Gotcha. Carry on. <laughs> so, the idea of, of the snakes coming back, and maybe, maybe it was all of a metaphoric... I'll have to ask Gabby to find out if it was metaphoric for that reason. You can see... My my knowledge is just I've heard it through the folk, you know folklore through different types of like TV mm-hmm. shows and radio shows or whatever. So I didn't know that there was a behind the the scenes or a, you know a metaphoric meaning for it. So maybe that's what she's talking about. Maybe the 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 pagans came back to Ireland to take back what they you know take, claim back. The yeah, I was. Searching for the word, but I couldn't find it. Thank you. Druids. And that would very well play into the line, our magic concealed our advance. So very possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The way the... the there are several versions of the St. Patrick story. This one... Kind of, for me, this one encompassed two of the major ones. The one where he chased all the snakes, and I'm using quotations, yeah. out of Ireland and having them come back and claim their land, claim their retribution, um, getting revenge for being chased out of their land. But bringing in the concept of magic plays into the other tale that he drove the Druids and the non-Christians from Ireland. Because you have to remember, back when St. Patrick and all of that was happening, Christianity was starting to sweep across Europe. Uh-huh. So a lot of a lot of people were being displaced from where they lived because of their beliefs. And that's where the term heathen comes from, those that lived by the heath. Interesting. Oh, yes. And if you were to live by a heath, you lived in the outer lying areas of a central town, and a lot of your um, belief system was governed by the laws of nature. The changing of the seasons, the rising and the setting of the sun, um, the phases of the moon would dictate a lot of your crop planting. Um, when rain would come, when rain would not come, what you, you would do to beg rain to come, all of that kind of was in the outlying areas and getting philosophical here. <laughs> so I'm going to stop. But I think for me, 
just the title alone, they had no idea. Most people nowadays, when they celebrate St. Patrick's Day, have no idea. Yeah, most of it. You know, the, 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 the whole kiss me, I'm Irish. Yeah. Exactly. Drink green beer, wear shamrocks, go out and party and have a good time. Kiss me, I'm Everybody's Irish on St. Patty's Day. Everybody's Irish on St. Patty's Day. But bringing in the folklore of what St. Patty's Day is about, um, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. So did I. Okay. So that was They Had No Idea by Gabriella Bell. And now, <laughs> The Octopus by James Bates. <laughs> I really See, I like love James. Yeah, I love James's writing. I love the descriptiveness of his writing. And you really feel for what he's writing, whether it's a person or, in this case, an octopus. Um, you can kind of get into their heads and see the story from their perspective. Now, I mean, I feel sorry for the surfer, but, you know, the octopus was just doing what octopuses do. Now, see, my visual interpretation I thought was interesting, and I, had, I because I, I wrote notes, is that it was fast-paced, and for me, it was very cinematic in my interpretation of in my head. And it was almost as if it was the beginning of Jaws, but replaced with an octopus yes. instead of a shark. Yes, I... I I did have that image. Thanks, James. But it was, it was, and that's, the funny thing is, and, and anybody who knows me knows my fear of sharks all stem from the movie Jaws. Uh-huh. And reading this, even though I was equating it to the surfer on the surfboard in the movie Jaws, it was easier for me to read this and enjoy this because it was an octopus. Interesting. And I'm like, yeah, you go, dude. You gotta eat too. Have a matter. Get that <laughs> surfer, California surfer dude. Oh yeah. You, yeah. Know? <laughs> you gotta make it California, huh? Yeah. <laughs> You're in the desert. You don't surf. I stand surf. You stand surf. Next up, we have Mistress of Darkness by Gabrielle Balcom. This one now, is the first one is Drivel. I loved it. I do, out of the two that she submitted this month, this one is my favorite. Um, to see the familiar actually go, mm, you know what? I'm over it. My turn. And, and step into her role as Mistress of Darkness. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. I, I agree. I, I love the idea of, of changing characters and, and re, reimagining things, you know, instead of the stereotypical black cat, you bring in this cute little bunny into it, and, and it just, it was really, I really enjoyed it. I really did. I thought it was very clever. Yeah. Well, you hear all the stories, especially when you read about a story that has a witch and her familiar. There's this unbreakable bond that they're, you know, the best of friends, and they have this, this bond between each other, and, and like, you know, you've got Sabrina and Salem, and, and all of that, 
and then to read one where the familiar actually hates the fact that she's stuck with this witch, and the witch hates all animals, which is contradictory to um, that kind of nature, because they are nature lovers, they are animal lovers, and all lives are sacred, to have the witch hate all of these animals, and her own familiar, it was it was great. I enjoyed it. It was a great well twist. Yeah. yeah, that's Mistress of Darkness by Gabriella Balcom. Okay, so that takes care of Drabble and Flash. Pause for a drink. Now I move into fantasy, and we have up on the chopping block. No, <laughs> Andromeda by Umar Merksa. And again, if I mispronounced your name, I am very sorry. Mercia. Now, huh? Mercia. Is it Mercia? It's an X, so it's Mercia. Okay. Sorry, Umar. Umar. Sorry. Umar Mercia. Okay. Okay. So you want first crack at this one? Sure. Okay, so we break it down into... It was just, it was so much going on. It was, it was a really good wrapped fairy tale, almost. It, well, to me, it felt like he took mythology, science fiction, and, and kind of wrapped it in like historical fiction. And it just, it made it work. And, and I liked the, the character content. I thought it was a bold move to, to take the approach that he did with two female leads. And pretty much having the, almost the entire planet as female. I thought that was very bold. Uh, especially for... I, I, I want to say... Now, my question is, is why did you, you place it under fantasy? Because, to me, it almost felt sci-fi-ish. Or was it because of the Amazon feel to it? Um, I placed it under fantasy because even though the title Andromeda uh-huh. denotes sci-fi... You have Viking lore, you have Celtic lore, you have, uh, I do believe there's Egyptian lore in, the, yes, Hathor. <laughs> I had to check. Well, that's what I was saying with Freya. all the you, you have Freya, you have Morgan, you have all of these different pantheons all kind of blending into this one fantasy kingdom. With an overriding queen, which to me is fantasy with science fiction elements. It's more gotcha. fantasy than it is science fiction. Okay, so let's hear your thoughts on it. What do you think? Um, okay, I will be completely and totally honest at first because I am such a stickler for pantheons. Anybody who knows me knows I, I don't. I, it has to be a very good cross-blending of um, pantheons and, and like, you're, you're blending Vikings and you're blending Egyptians and you're blending um, Celtic mythology with the Morrigan. And that tends to make me twitch. So I went into this with a preconceived notion that it's not going to be one of my top favorites. 
And I am big enough person to say I was wrong. I really enjoyed the way that he kind of blended them in, and it made sense having them all converge for this big meeting and and having them all kind of arriving at this place. Um, I mean, you've got all the Greek mythology in there with Artemis and with Themis, and it, it made sense that they would all kind of be they're not in their own worlds. They're all in one world in like almost like different countries within this one world. Right. You know, the Vikings live over here, the Egyptians live over there, you've got the Greeks to the north, kind of kind of thing. And they're gonna cross meet. They're going to mingle. They're going to you know It's an extended universe. Yes. Yes, and and I enjoyed the way that it was blended. I enjoyed the way the story flowed. It didn't focus on that cross-blending. That wasn't the main flow of the story. It was just kind of woven into the story. So as you're reading it, you're kind of going, oh, hey, wait, okay, and you carry on. <laughs> you know, it, it, it doesn't, it didn't take me out of the story and make me go, hmm, that's all right, the way some have. I get you. I agree. I think it was sense. absolutely. I think it was very well crafted. Um, and I am all about a good shawarma. <laughs> just saying. And and uh, personally, and this is just my personal opinion. I hope that Umir comes back with uh, something next month as well because I, I enjoyed his writing. I really did. Oh yeah. Oh definitely. I hope everybody comes back. But Speaking of, um, it's it's a long read, but it is definitely worth it. Oh, absolutely! Because you know, I and I almost I almost want to I want a part two. I want more. Yeah, there, now there, now it that it feels they, like there's more. Now that yeah. they're together, what happens from there? Right, and you know, does does the the ex wife is she? Is she angry? Is she jealous? Is she vindictive? Well, she says no. she says she's okay, but you know, I'm a well, woman. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. No. no. I, you're I, never okay when your partner leaves you for somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we smile. We nod. We say okay. We make friends. Meanwhile, we are planning your demise. See, in a well, variety I, I, of colorful ways. I was married long enough to know that, you know, the word okay, that's, that's kind of safe ground. But if she would have said, like, I'm fine, just run. Just run. Run and hide. Yeah. I'm fine. No, yeah. no. There's an assassination attempt on your head, buddy. <laughs> oh, maybe she was the one in charge of the assassination attempt. Ah, there you go. <laughs> There's so much more to this story. So, Yes. It was very good. I really enjoyed it. That is Andromeda by Umer Mer- Say it. Mersha? Mersha? Thank Mer- you. I had it earlier. You caught me off surprise. I was ready for it. Not <laughs> the second time around. Okay. I may ha- We may have to put in the submission guidelines if, you know... Phonetic spelling of your name. 
because the podcaster is a dork. Okay. Now, I'm, I'm really sensing a theme within this month, and we didn't set out to have a theme. We didn't. It just kind of seemed to turn into this very... fantasy um, Irish theme. Yeah. And I say that as we move into The Wearing of the Green by newcomer Rosie K. Brooks. I will say I was spellbound from the title. I wanted to read this from the very beginning as soon as the title came in. I'm Irish. So, I follow a lot of, of the old folklore. And I know a lot of the old folklore. And the wearing of the green is something that is woven into a lot of Celtic um, stories and a lot of, of folklore and things like that. Um so, reading this, I was, I was very excited to read this, and I really enjoyed it. And following this green fabric throughout the story and seeing, you know, she's getting accused of, you know, butchering the fabric, that she's not going to treat it correctly, and she knows she's going to. She knows she's going to honor it the way it's supposed to be honored. And... You know, going through it and reading it and reading, and I mean, I'm seeing that green, and I'm seeing it in the green of the fields and the hills in Ireland. I'm seeing it in the green of the shamrock. I'm seeing it in the green of the fairy realm. And that's almost an underlying cautionary tale to this story. Don't mess with the fairies. If you upset the fae, the fae can be vindictive. The fae can be vengeful. So, I really enjoyed the story. I really enjoyed the fabric. <laughs> you know, parts, pun intended. <laughs> pun intended. The story and, the way, and the way it was woven, again, pun intended, together with ending with, you know, the plowman and him talking to the trees at the end of the story. What was your take? I felt like this could have been literally pulled straight from, like, a Grimm's fairy tale. Like, it was literally a modern-day fairy tale, and or a cautionary tale. And I, I love the setup, and it was... Now, because... I don't know Rosie. I don't know if you know who Rosie is. I've never read her work before. So She's I brand new. I didn't know what to expect. And I was pleasantly delighted. And, again, I, I can literally see a, a whole volume of stuff like this. Um, you know, people have certain flares. She put her best foot forward, and I think that, you know, she really excelled with this type of thing. And, you know... As general, and like you said, you know, just don't piss off the face, man. Nope. 
Nope. They like shiny things. They will take your shiny things. Okay. That is The Wearing of the Green by Rosie K. Brooks. And I do believe that... Ah! Nope. We're not done fantasy yet. We just started in fantasy. Okay. So now we have another newcomer. Ed Ahern. Ahern. I hope I pronounced that right. And it's called The Water of Life. Now this one, again, is another cautionary tale. And it, it does say Grim number 97 at the top, so it did have a very, um... Fairy tale. Grim's, like you said in the last one, a very Grim's fairy tale feel to it. Yes. In, um, almost three Billy Goats gruff kind of way with the three sons and it being a very cautionary tale to always be kind no matter what regardless of whether somebody has been unkind to you always be kind because the youngest throughout the story always puts what is best for the family always does what is right what is good and what is honest yes while his older brothers are being complete and total turds <laughs> and vanishing. Again, don't mess with magic you don't understand. I um, I put down, uh, again, in my notes, is that I, I felt like it was a, a modern re-envisioning of, like, a Jack the, Jack and the Beanstalk type feel. To me, that's the way it felt. You know, as far as the adventure and the traveling and the castle and the doors and, and, and all within a, a matter a modern time frame. Mm-hmm. That's just the mm-hmm. way I saw it. Which has actually mm-hmm. given me an idea for something right now as we speak. So if it if it comes to fruition, it happened right here. A cool. new type a, a new type of anthology. Ooh. Oh, I know where you're going. I know where you're going. I like it. I you like know, it's kind of what I do. Um. So thank get, you for it, that, Ed. Yeah, it it did have that Jack and the Beanstalk, that Billy Goats, three Billy Goats gruff feel to it. It was very well written. Yes. Um. And I did feel for the youngest son all the way through. I mean, I was rooting for him. I'm like, come on, come on, come on, <laughs> you know. And again, he gets time and time again. He is being screwed over by his older brothers. Yes. And when they when they gave yeah. him the, the 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 swamp water, you know, and you know he gets exiled. Spoilers. Um, I'm like, but he still saved those people who swore to him, you know, for saving them. You know, what, what mm-hmm. they swore plus the girl and, and, I don't know. I, I really sincerely, this was one of my favorite stories this month. Yeah. yeah I remember you told me that. I, I, I enjoyed it. I really did. I really did. Really good. I highly suggest. I highly recommend everyone, everything in our magazine. But the Water of Life, and really pay attention to the imagery, and really pay attention to um, 
the cautionary tale. Just because, like, like the whole um, image of the beggar. And, yes. And the older brothers, the older brothers just, you know, you're nothing. You're you're less than the goo on the bottom of my shoe. But the younger brother having compassion. Because you never know who's actually disguised as that beggar. Yeah. Very true. And And there is a cautionary tale in every religious belief that follows that line. When a beggar knocks on your door, invite them in, because right. you could be feeding the divine. Well, I didn't want to go that route, know. but since you did bring it up, it also does, it, it also gives you, you know, old school Bible stories, and, uh, you know, Joseph and, and the coats, the technicolor coat, that was yep. kind of another forethought secondary to the fairy tale uh, that popped into you, my mind. You can't, too. you can't not have that thought when you come across that section with the old beggar and the two it, brothers, you know, yeah. and the two brothers shunning him and, and turning him away and, you know, the, the, the youngest being rewarded for having compassion and empathy. So, well done, so. well done. The Water of Life by Ed Ahern. The World of Myth Bitch.